And I did hit the records. So we do have a bit of chatter before the episode. That's fine. It lets us see if the waveform is moving. Listen to me pick your cat's hair off of my microphone. Yeah. Hey, paisanos, it's the... Excuse me, princess. Super show! Welcome back to the Excuse Me Princess Super Show. I'm John. I'm still Aaron. And we're watching the Super Mario Brothers Super Show and the Legend of Zelda cartoon in its air date and production order, which is the same order. May I take your order? Yes, I'll have uh, one brisket uh, with a side of mashed potatoes and potato salad with egg. That sounds terrible. Anyone who tried to feed me that between episodes would have gotten a slap in the butt. And I enjoyed it. Today we're looking at the live-action segment. It's episode 9 altogether. Will the real Elvis please shut up? And the cartoon segment, Love Em and Leave Em. Originally aired September 14th, 1989. If you want to watch uh, this uh, with us, against us, however you do, you can uh, watch it on Amazon Prime. On the Wild Brain Superheroes YouTube channel. Buy the DVD. L- write your congressman. And complain about the music being stripped out. We're not letting that go this session. No. No. We actually found a gold mine that helps us out a lot on this. Yeah, we'll get to that when we get to it. Oh, I haven't said that yet this week. <laughs> anyway. Bi-weekly power play. Aaron's going to run us through the live-action segment with a real Elvis. Please shut up. So, it starts off with Mario, dressed up as... Older Elvis. <laughs> uh, is singing a... plumbing version of... What was it? I don't remember. Luigi was doing Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah. Mario was doing... Something else. They were very careful not to make it sound too much like the real songs. Yeah. Uh, because there's an Elvish impersonation contest going on. Yeah, and they're both going to enter it. Brother against brother. Uh, Luigi comes uh, in and, as uh, John has already mentioned, did a parody of Heartbreak Hotel. Slightly better than uh, Mario's version, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, where they get into an argument about uh, the uh, Elvis impersonation contest and... Uh, who's gonna enter? And the fact that they're uh, uh, both want uh, wanting to be the king. When who shows up? The king. <laughs> Luigi, the inquirer was right. The king is here. <laughs> oh. Which yeah. In the the early the late eighties early nineties was the original heyday of uh, Elvis is alive stuff. Yeah, because uh, photo technology editing and stuff was getting just good enough to make grainy photos. Don't get me started on grainy photos. No, this is now Alice in Wonderland again. <laughs> so yeah, Elvis is there, and uh, that segues into the cartoon. And when we segue back out, Elvis is giving them pointers. Including how to move their mouth. How to do the Elvis lip curl. Yeah. you got to kind of curl the top up and bring it all the way up. All the way up. All the way up. Uh, starts referring to Mario and Luigi as Bad Elvis 1 and Bad Elvis 2. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's not showing a lot of hope. No. Uh, I don't think these jokers can be the king. Every time they uh, try to do something, he's like, eh, close enough. (laughs) And like, you know, when you have that one kid in the class who you know is not going to pass a grade and you're just like, do I try or do I give up and uh, salvage what I can? Yeah. He, uh, after the lip curling lesson, he shows them how to shimmy around so that they'll naturally move their hips and pelvic thrust while they sing. Which brings down the house, literally, yeah. right into the street, which is weird because they're in a basement apartment. Well, you must be doing something right because you're uh, bringing down the house. Uh, which brought us to the introduction to... Next episode's Legend of Zelda cartoon. Oh, we're we so are close. so close. I can taste it. And the worst part is, in this recording session, we aren't even going to do it. We're getting to the honey, we're touching it with our tongue, and we're leaving it behind. <laughs> this took a real turn. But no, yeah. Uh, this will be the end of this current session, and then we'll be starting strong with a Zelda episode next time, which I am looking forward to. That's your best foot forward. Yeah. But eventually the Mario Brothers realize that, uh, you know, uh, they're still Mario's. What was that? Uh, uh, something. A notification won't cut it. <laughs> as long as it's not... Uh... <laughs> There. It shouldn't give us notifications anymore. I closed the thing that was coming through. (laughs) More OnlyFans payments bouncing? I never let those bounce. (laughs) Anyway, I never make them. No, you always charge back (laughs) after you upload their stuff onto a fake website. Anyway, uh, the Marios realize that they they should. uh... So. After uh, the Zelda uh, cartoon preview. What kind of notifications is that again? That's Facebook. Okay. Anyway, uh, after the the Zelda preview is when we cut back to uh, like final tryouts with the, the ghost of the king. Yes. You know, well, let's see what you got. And they both go up there and kind of sing a song, but at the end of it, they sing about how they're both Mario's. Through and through. And stuff, and, you know, they're, they're over their little tiff. And then the lights blink briefly, and uh, the king is gone. As if he was never there uh, before, and it was all the mushrooms they were doing. Yeah. And remember, if you do drugs, you, you go, go to, to hell, hell before, before you, you die. die. I'm Captain Lou Albano talking about drugs. Kids, don't be afraid to say no. Anyone that asks you to use drugs is not your friend. Drugs can and will kill. Remember, don't be afraid to turn to your priest, your rabbi, your minister, your moms, your dads, your teachers, because drugs can kill. And if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. Please. But then a narrating voice says, uh, Elvis has left the basement. So... Somebody else knew that they were there. Some omniscient uh, observer. Maybe God himself. We don't know. But yeah. Overall, it's uh, a lot of jokes. Oh, don't forget. Uh, the Mario Brothers have an, like, an altar to Elvis. 
with a velvet painting and oh, a, yes. one of those blankets you buy from a pickup truck in a Safeway uh, parking lot and some candles. And yeah. But the, the joke is Luigi comes in and he's like, what are you doing with my velvet Elvis? Well, you know mine is getting cleaned. <laughs> so they both got one. Oh, black velvet painting. Yeah. Those never go out of style. But uh, how'd you like Will the Real Elvis Please Shut Up? Oh, um, the strongest part of the episode. It was short. It was sweet. The uh, It was right there. <laughs> you're talking a lot, but you're not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, it hit what it needed to do. I'm practicing for my politician days. Excellent. Uh, but honestly, uh, there was a bit of comedy. There was a bit of music. There was a bit of uh, parody. There was a lot of parody. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it was. I thought it was a pretty good. Uh, it, it's in that upper top three or so of the live action segments, I think. Uh, <laughs> The gentleman who portrays the king does an excellent job. We'll get to him in just a sec. But, uh, yeah. You and know. The, the Mario Brothers did a good job. Yeah, they were they were obviously having a lot of fun. Yeah. Doing it, the Mario stuff. Or doing the Elvis stuff, I should say. They always have fun, though. Like, that's one of the best parts in almost each one. Like, the only thing that brings it down is usually the guest star. Yeah. However, this guest star had a lot of fun. And we will be seeing him again. Yeah, and he's known for impressions and doing, uh, I think he's done Elvis and stuff, I'm sure. Yes, he's at least done Michael Jackson. Oh, <laughs> yeah. At least on paper. Yeah, I think I read that too. But let's get, you get into it right now. All right, so Elvis was played by Frank. Fred. Elvis was played by Frank, I mean Fred. <laughs> Travelina. And he's known for a lot of his uh, voice acting work. Uh, he was uh, Boogie or uh, Orangutan in Shirt Tales. A Hanna-Barbera cartoon I had never heard of until Aaron was doing his research. Uh, William Dalton on Lucky Luke. Which I also never heard of because I live in North America. <laughs> uh, he voiced Mark Antony. Julius Caesar, and Gerald Ford in Hysteria, a yeah. WB production. Yeah, the I think the least known of those uh, Steven Spielberg, you know, Animaniacs era cartoons. Oh. Um, yeah, I I mean, it looked familiar when we looked at the uh, intro. Yeah, but that's because it looks like Freakazoid. Yeah. Now that was a cartoon. Even though as a kid, I didn't get it. Yeah. You know? I think Freakazoid, in its weird way, skewed older than I was. Yeah. But enough about Freakazoid. Let's talk about Crazy Joe DiVola, or whatever his name is. Fred Travelina. With a name like Travelina, you wouldn't really expect him to show up in the love boat, but he did. As well as on Fantasy Island. Well, he had to get there somehow. <laughs> he took the love boat to Fantasy Island. Uh... And while on the love boat, he also performed both in Vegas and on cruise ships. Specifically and... the love boat. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Princess cruises? <laughs> I know about them. Let's not talk about that. I'm still getting their emails. 
And uh, he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. As for uh, his uh, within his life, uh, his final role was in Kung Fu Magoo as various voices. I'm not familiar with that one. It's Mr. Magoo, but Kung Fu. Oh, okay. The blind master. Yeah. It came out in 2010, one year after his death. Uh, Which was caused uh, by... uh, So he did have uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2002 and prostate cancer in 2003 and was in remission for five years before it came back in 2008... And he passed away in 2009. I thought you were going to left turn it like he died in a car crash or something. <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah. I mean, it's still unfortunate. It is. I He was... He's quite an impressionist from what little I've seen of him. Yeah. And by what little we've seen of him, we mean this episode. And I've seen him... Uh, the one role of his I know I've seen before is as the radio DJ in the movie The Buddy Holly Story, the one with Gary Busey as Buddy Holly. He plays the radio DJ who uh, locks himself in the booth and won't stop playing uh, uh, That'll Be the Day, the, the the first single. Which is, it's based off a real story, but not one that happened to Buddy Holly. It's yeah. just sort of a hodgepodge of rock and roll Americana. But yeah, he keeps playing, and supposedly, within the context of the movie, he calls Buddy Holly... To get the name of the group, and uh, supposedly there's a sound of a cricket on the record, and Holly mentions there's a cricket on the end there, and he says, so it's about Buddy Holly and the crickets. And none of that is how it happened, but it makes for an okay movie. You ever see that one? Buddy Holly story? I... Yes. A long time ago. Yeah. Gary Busey is good in it as Buddy Holly. It's not very accurate, but it's a pretty entertaining piece. But anyway, that's my that's the Buddy Holly story digression. But the point is, he's in that, and uh, I recognized him from that. All right. But yeah, overall, pretty good uh, live action uh, bookends this week. Definitely uh, strong, and I'm getting excited for Zelda. You might be able to pressure me a bit to uh, do uh, the Zelda one. I might twist your arm. We'll see how the rest of the episode we're doing right now goes. Yeah. Which is Aaron's kicking the ball to me. So let's get into it. The cartoon episode this week, or this bye week, or however we end up releasing them. This episode, Love Them and Leave Them. Oh, also, because this is the third, fourth time in a row I've done this after I start the cartoon segment. What was your prediction for the Elvis one? Do you remember? Um. The problem with doing these in chunks is that I haven't listened back to remind myself. I don't actually think I did a prediction for Elvis. I think it was too obvious. Yeah. Uh, what about Love Him and Leave Him? Ah, uh, that was uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Right. And Moonstruck with yeah. Cher. Mario and Cher. And Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage as Luigi. <laughs> and was, Superman. I thought it was Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage. That's true. Nicolas Cage as John Louis Gazamo as The Pest as Luigi. Yeah. As uh, the character he played in Ice Age. It was written by... Pardon me. Love Him and Leave Him was written by Sean Roche. That's not where it goes. 
Well, I'm going to cut it up. It's written by Sean Roche and David Ehrman, who we'll get into after. Eh, it doesn't really work. Okay, let's start again. From the top. Welcome to the Excuse Me Princess <laughs> Super Show. I'm Aaron. I'm John. All right. I'm also Love John. Love Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Dan. I'm also Dan. <laughs> Love them and leave them. Uh, oh, how does it... They're going... Okay. Uh, so the, it starts off uh, not on the Mario Bros. It starts off... Oh, yeah, that's right. It starts off in the castle of... Queen Rotunda. And you think it's going to be a fat joke, and they act as if it is, but the character model doesn't quite back that up. No. We'll get into that in a minute. But Mario is doing his plumber's log, but it acts more like a, a narration than normal, because he's not in the shot. And uh, this Queen Rotunda is having her uh, ch- uh, chief potion maker, Hildy, voiced by Jeannie Elias, uh, mix up a love potion so that uh, she can make Prince Pompadour, Pompadour fall in love with her. And, uh, yeah. It, and uh, she has the potion ready. It cuts to uh, the uh, Mario Brothers, Princess Toadstool, the toad thing. <laughs> the mushroom retainer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're the, walking the, along. The mushroom orphans are not in the picture this time. <laughs> no, I think the orphanage must still be okay, or they lost the lease anyway. Uh, but the the red hot chili peppers detector in Mario's pants goes off, so he whips it out, <laughs> yeah, and decides to see where it leads him. Uh, and I guess they were hungry. I missed that part, maybe. But anyway, they uh, they follow this uh, ding meter. To a, an, a, what they think is a wild field of uh, red hot peppers, even though they're it, obviously planted in rows. Fenced in, off. Fenced off in a garden. And they start uh, pilfering the peppers until the the guards of the queen, which is the, the dramatic return of flying Jeff Bezos and his crew, yeah. decide to arrest them for stealing Queen Rotunda's food, which is a capital offense. And uh, there's a short, dramatic sequence where they try to get away, but it doesn't last. No, they get captured uh, because uh, Queen Rotunda needs someone to go into their dungeon for life. Maybe a bit longer. Yeah. So she, uh, they're hauled before the Queen for sentencing. Uh, but the Queen, uh, Hildy gives the Queen the love potion to take with her, just in case Prince Pompadour pops by. And the... Uh, Royal uh, Baker... Oh, yeah. As the, the prisoners are lined up, the royal baker brings out some desserts for her to try, and she's still trying to find the perfect dessert for her wedding. Uh, she's less than pleased with the result. And then, uh, as she's finally informed of the prisoners and their heinous crime of stealing her food... Which is the worst offense they could have possibly uh, done. Especially in this neighborhood. They threw up the wrong signs. Uh, she decides off with their head, which is a good digression to talk about her character design. She's somewhat modeled after the Disney version of the Red Queen in not, Alice in Wonderland. Not uh, the Alice in Wonderland uh, an X-rated <laughs> musical fantasy. Yeah, from a few episodes ago. Uh, but the difference is, despite her name Rotunda, uh, she's more like, she's triangular. Yeah. And she's very front-loaded. 
And they act as they, but they all reference her being fat, but really, uh, she's just got very large breasts. Yes. Like in the cartoony sense. Her bosom is large enough to feed the kingdom. Uh huh. And now the cats are at the scratching post because Aaron's a crazy cat lady and they sh- the cats share the recording studio with us. One is sleeping, one is not here, and one was just at the scratching post. Yeah. I should feel like we mentioned that one. Anyway, off with their heads. Queen Rotunda's uh, ready to just have them hauled away. But Mario pleads that he knows the perfect dessert to make for the wedding. Uh... Red hot pepper ice cream. Yeah, a red hot pepper uh, pistachio ice cream. Well, I like the two things, but not mixed. I might. Hmm. But I'm also a weirdo. Nah. So uh, Mario whips up a batch of his ice cream, and the queen uh, she likes it, but it does send her into cartoonish uh, into cartoonish histrionics, uh, bouncing around asking for water. Mario, being the helpful guy he is, grabs the nearest liquid he can find and pours it down her throat, which is unfortunately the love potion. Now remember, check the women's documents. Yeah. At the very least, read the label. Read the fine print. So Mario's the first thing she sees after she gets doused with her own potion and she falls madly in love with him. And so his life is spared because uh, he's about to be forced into a shotgun wedding. Yeah. The rest are still going to be executed. You know, it's the best wedding gift you can get. Yeah. The death of all your friends and loved ones. Isn't that what marriage usually is? It's not like you ever see them again. Aaron here is yeah. Aaron here is getting married in a year from now. So if uh, the podcast stops after uh, (laughs) July of 2024... It's all my fault. Yeah. But, uh... If it stops before then, or significantly after, blame John. So, intercut with sequences of, uh, Mario's trying to squirm his way away from the queen, uh, Toad Luigi and Princess Toadstool are locked up in a cell, but, uh, Princess Toadstool takes the initiative and basically wants to do get help from Thor Ragnarok. Although it's the the other people have escaped variant, not the they're sick variant. Yeah. But it turns out they're up on the ceiling with a tarp or a bl- the blanket from the cot, probably. And they jump down and uh, wrap up the Bezos. Yeah. If only it were that easy in real life. And then throw the key ring over top. Oh, Luckily, yeah. they He's... don't need that key again. No, because he already opened the door. Hopefully he can breathe under that. <laughs> so they get out. And bust their way into the royal kitchen, or the potion room, or whatever. And figure they should mix up a batch of the potion themselves in order to realign the queen's affections. Meanwhile, we have a, an action chase sequence where Mario tries to escape the queen. That in the original episode was set to a cover of The Power of Love by yes. Huey Lewis. Which we will put in right here. Special thanks, as always, to the Super Mario Brothers Super HQ channel on YouTube. Link in the description below for the cover song. Come to me, my sweet. I love you. If you love me, set me and my friends free. Never, knights, lock these three in the dungeon. The chubby Prince Charming is going to be my husband. 
Meanwhile, we got a cat purring into the microphone. Will you buzz off? <laughs> Will you buzz off? Continues petting. <laughs> well, I'm not a monster. <laughs> the, uh... They've only got a couple hours till the wedding, so they gotta hurry and mix this up. <laughs> One of the ingredients is a Fat Boys album. Yeah. Very of the time. We're not, uh, we'll get to Millie Vanilli in the next cartoon, I promise. But in the meantime, uh, they screw up the first batch and have to start over. Meanwhile, the wedding is, uh, being put together. And, uh, Mario, uh, don't want to get the sequence wrong. They finally get the potion ready and get it into a flask, even though it's a different color than the original potion was. We'll just not worry about that. It's stronger. <laughs> that must be it. It's it. It looks more like uh, they used a Fat Boys uh, a cassette instead of a record. Yeah. What was it? Toad's uh, or Luigi said maybe it was supposed to be a CD when the first one exploded. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, Mario sees his friends sidling along the outside of the tower and knows that they've got some kind of plan. So he stalls by tying his shoes. And which gives him enough time to uh, figure out what their game is with the potion. Put out a couple... Oh, no. He sees them pour the potion into a couple glasses. Yes. And he knows that that's his cue to make a toast. And he gives one glass to the queen and one glass to Prince Pompadour. Who uh, immediately drink and uh, fall madly in love with each other. Yeah. Happy ending for those two. Maybe. All's well that ends well. Yeah, until they realized their marriage was uh, made on a bed of lies. Yeah. But, I mean, at least one of them already got what they were hoping to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Luigi decides to spike the punch by accident. Yeah, uh, it, uh, the rest of the potion falls uh, into the punch bowl. And Hildy immediately walks up to raise a toast to the queen not marrying Mario. Yeah. Unfortunately, she sees Luigi, and the episode ends with the gang running away from the castle... In one dirt trail, with her chasing after Luigi in the other. Iris out. <laughs> oh, also, no King Koopa. Yeah. At all this episode. That was interesting. Did anyone even get voiced by uh, him? Not that I saw. Yeah. I'll get to that after we do uh, our talk through. Hey, just recording a little drop in here. Because we apparently didn't talk about Queen Rotunda's voice. Another one elevated from the additional voices pool, Denise Pigeon. She was in a few TV movies, and in terms of voice acting work, was additional voices in the original Babar cartoon. Shows up in 52 episodes of Mario as additional voices. And voiced Laverne Hooks and Debbie Callahan in 64 episodes of Police Academy, the animated series and was in five episodes of Hello Kitty's Furry Tale Theater. Other than that, it's just one episode of Alfred Hitchcock, one episode of American Playhouse, that kind of thing. You know what? I really did enjoy that. Yeah? Yeah. It was... 
I enjoyed parts of it. It was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some uh, good uh, lines. There was uh, the one thing I will say. The cover songs make the episodes much better. It's true. Every time we've brought up the version that has the song either restored or already intact because it's from an old tape or whatever, you can tell the animation was timed to the cover song, and it just usually they fit quite a bit better. Yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of them like a music video. Yeah, but a lot of them have sort of an ironic bent to them too. Like you know, this is playing the power of love while Mario is trying to escape the queen who's chasing after him because of a love potion. Or uh, Proud Mary is playing, well, Mario and Luigi are being chased around a riverboat by goons uh, because they got caught cheating at cards. Or heard it through the grapevine is uh, uh, climbing and descending of the same grapevine. It's a beanstalk. That's a vine. It is a vine. There ain't no grapes on it. But the point is, uh, we recommend, you know, after you legally watch the episode the way God intended on Wild Brain Superheroes. uh, Amazon Prime. Or Amazon Prime. Or buying the DVD. Or buying the DVD. I don't think God wants you to buy the DVD. (laughs) It would have all the segments on it, if that's what he wanted. Uh, after that, check out uh, these restorations. We'll put a link in the description to the channels that uh, we've been finding these on. We actually just found one that has most of the uh, songs restored in the area. So you can just click on the time that it goes to and just watch it from there. Yeah, in fact, that's the one we'll link because, it, like you said, it's time-stamped. And, you know, just after you're, you're listening to this, just, uh, and, you know, you can pregame that for the next episode if you're the type to watch before you listen. And, yeah, it really does make a tangible difference, and I think the show would be more fondly remembered if this was the version that uh, you could still find by default. Yes. And then there are the restored versions where they put this back into the episode, and they're doing some AI upscaling, too, which is nice. Yes. Because this show is that it it's all of its official releases are at such a low resolution copied off the videotape. You know. Which didn't look so bad when I was watching it on DVD on a tube TV in two thousand five. And didn't look too bad when we were watching off of a small uh, computer screen. Yeah. But our new setup has a six uh seventy five inch TV down here. Humble brag. It also smells like cats. But the point of the matter is, we'll uh, from now on we'll make sure. Sh- well, none of these have been up yet, so starting from it, we'll be linking this in the description, and definitely check those out because it uh, it's worth seeing. Yes. But yeah, I enjoyed this episode as well. The uh, the cartoon. It's a off kilter. It's different. And I it- was hoping for a worse episode because it we've had a lot of really average to good episodes. Yeah, we're this this. Pardon me. The show seems to be hitting some kind of stride. You know, it's got a bit of a limp, but it isn't. It's not slowing down. <laughs> and the uh, you know, we've still been seeing some funny animation errors, like uh, when uh, Toad, Luigi, and uh, Princess Toadstool peek around the side of the tower, three Sto- three Stooges style, uh, to look out. Uh, Luigi's got a red hat. He keeps one just in case. Yeah, just in case he's got to play decoy. Yeah. 
and uh, you know things like that. But for the most part, uh, uh, it was a really strong one. Again, off kilter. You know, no King Koopa, uh, no real connection to the ongoing story quote, except for it's always just a throwaway line in the plumber's log about we're looking for something to help save the princess's kingdom. And then it doesn't really affect the actual plot because then they end up in whatever trouble of the week they're in. Yeah. But you know, I thought it was, it's just a funny little love potion, laugh them up kind of episode. A little less serious. And that's saying something for a show like this. <laughs> it, it's less serious, and it worked way better with the tone of the show. You're saying we need, uh... It's almost a good thing I stopped. You're saying it needs a little less conversation? Yes. That's an Elvis song. That's a joke. Sigh. Alright, so the writers of this episode... Were uh, Sean Roche and David Ehrman. Writing as a duo. And it's interesting. Unlike our, our last writing team, these guys have plenty of separate writing credits. Mostly 80s cartoons. Although uh, David Ehrman has actually still been writing single episodes of shows into the 90s and 2000s. Like Jag and Procedurals. But for our purposes, what's really interesting. You know, uh, Sh- uh, Sean Roche... Wrote plenty, uh, single or double episodes of plenty of 80s shows, plenty of 80s shows like this and the, you know, He-Man and Turtles and that kind of thing. But he was the creator and main writer for uh, all 13 episodes of the all-new Dennis the Menace cartoon in 1993. Now, what makes that interesting is David Ehrman, the other writer... He wrote uh, Captain Planet, SWAT Cats, that kind of stuff. But he wrote all 65 episodes of the 1986 Dennis the Menace cartoon. So these guys are like the Dennis the Menace guys working together to write Mario. Yeah. But that's Which really... was a, a menace. Yeah. But that really was it. But I mean, that's the nice little piece of trivia to throw in the episode is that the two guys came together to write Mario... And presumably other things. IMDb's kind of tricky about writing duos. But they, uh, you know, both of them wrote different Dennis the Menace cartoons as showrunners. Yeah. That's, you know, you can't make it up. All right. Once again, the pasta power count has not gone up. And that's a little concerning, frankly, because <laughs> we know it's not going up next episode. Unless they do it in the live action segment. I happen to know there is a, uh, a Mario shout-out in the next Zelda episode, but it's not Pasta Power. Oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that for a surprise. And uh, how would you rate today's cartoon? Ooh, rating for today. That's a good question. I would probably give it... Five... Five... Velvet Elvis uh, portraits. Five velvet <laughs> Elvis portraits. Very good. Not not Velvis Elvis Velvis Elvis. Oh, oh. this is going to be tricky. <laughs> Model corrects it. Uh, portable Elvis instead of portrait. Ooh, I'd love a portable Elvis, especially a velvet one. <laughs> Thank you very much. 
That's like a weird, like, I can't do Elvis, so that's like a weird uh, Johnny Cash slash uh, Bill Clinton. Yeah. But I, I think it gets the point across. The president of these United States. Uh, I'm going to give... The man in black. Yeah. <laughs> the man in rhinestones. <laughs> I'm going to give it... Uh, I liked it a bit more than uh, the last one by quite a bit, which I only gave a three and a half. I give it a 5.5. Give it a 5.5 Red Hot Chili Peppers. Out of 10. I'll talk to you on the other side. Yeah. Oh, ooh. All right. If you want to tell the good folks how to reach out to the show, I'm going to bring up the titles for next week's episode, which I forgot to put in the run sheet. All right. So, to begin with, you can leave uh, comments in the YouTube comments at our YouTube channel, whatever it may be. Yeah, probably Excuse Me Super Show. Or Excuse Me Sup Show if there's a character limit. <laughs> there's no limit to our character. <laughs> uh, if you want to send us an email, this time we will accept uh, recipes for chocolate chip cookies, as long as it does not include raisins. You can send us an email at excuse me super show at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter if it's still around by then. I think that joke has already weathered itself out. It seems to be in a holding pattern of mediocrity. But we are on Twitter at excuse me sub show. Two characters, too long. Just like this show. <laughs> All right. Uh, our next two episodes, and I'm keeping my thumb over the synopsis under the titles, is uh, live action segment is Mamma Mia Mario. Ooh, uh, it's an ABBA cover uh, band about nothing but Mario. And they just show up in the basement? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, like, it might actually just be strictly ABBA. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or an ABBA cover band. <laughs> and uh, the cartoon title is the great bmx race Ooh, that's and this is the zelda one? Oh shoot i'm sorry <laughs> we gotta walk this whole thing back because it yeah you're right the next one is the zelda show i'm sorry uh, they don't list them together online yeah uh give me just a moment <laughs> i had a, a bit of a heart attack because <laughs> yeah i'm sorry we might keep this part in. Okay, hang on. I've got to go all the way down past the Mario episodes. Okay. Properly this time, and we'll see how we cut this together. I think this is uh, this is episode 9 on, so I get to fix this. Alright, uh, Legend of Zelda episode 2, which is Super Show episode 10. Uh, the Mario segment is called Magic's Magic. Like, uh, magic, apostrophe, S, magic. Oh, uh, Magic Johnson, uh, gives, uh, PSA about drug use. About how if you do <laughs> drugs, you go to hell before you die? Uh, no, not that one, but... Oh, no. you this mean, you mean the serious way that Magic Johnson would talk about that sort of thing? Yeah. Uh-oh. Meanwhile, you're threatening to scrub out my 9-11 joke. <laughs> oh. Okay. And uh, since it's not listed here in my uh, 
synopsis. I can guess too. Uh, I'm going to guess a wizard. That's it. A wizard. <laughs> a wizard. Oh, no. The Mario brothers are trying to learn magic tricks. And then an actual magician shows up and teaches them. Uh-huh. That's my guess. Okay. But now the Zelda episode, which I know too well, so I won't guess, is called Cold Spells. Yeah, uh, I can tell just from what we've seen already. <laughs> the previews, yeah. You've, you've already uh, been tainted. Link decides to play hooky from being a hero by pretending to be sick. Mm-hmm. And thus, being useless, and eventually actually gets sick. At the end, I think he sneezes. I think that might be the tag. Yeah, that does ring a bell. And, okay. Nothing else? Nothing to explain the flying buckets you've seen? It's Ganon's magic. Well, we'll see. But he's, I think... Don't you know he's an amateur magician? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> but you're no amateur. You are a pro. <laughs> so said the Triforce of uh, Courage. I mean, power. I should get that as a ringtone. You're no amateur, you're a pro. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> Just in case you need an inflated <laughs> sense of self that you don't get from having Facebook notifications interrupt our recording. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I don't know what I did wrong. <laughs> I know what I did wrong. It was, uh, it was right around the time I picked a co-host. <laughs> I thought it was back in uh, 2000. Uh, first day of school in uh, new school. Yeah. You should just never go to school. Don't stay in school. Don't listen to what the Power Rangers tell you. Yeah. Why do they know? Well, we'll find out what we know about Zelda. Because this has been the Excuse Me Princess Super Show. I am, as you know, not John. And I'm not Aaron. <laughs> and until not next week... Do the Mario! Hey, it's John here. And Aaron wasn't able to record an ad for Aaron the Travel Plan Man, so I thought I'd step up. Usually we dress it up with jokes and pageantry, but the fact of the matter is, in Aaron's everyday life, he's a travel agent, a licensed one. He's been at it for quite a while now, and he's really good at it. And part of the opportunities he gets at that job is the inside skinny on lots of travel plans and deals and vacation packages. And if you're interested in finding out about that sort of thing from him, a licensed and experienced travel agent, you can follow him on TikTok at Coast to Coaster, or just search Aaron the Travel Plan Man, or on the Facebook page he has, Aaron Shanahan the Travel Plan Man. Alright, until next time, keep traveling and do the Mario.